Okay. Take We're two. back. Take two. Everyone's here. <laughs> All right. Um, somebody recount <laughs> situation. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it real quick. I'll be way more entertaining. Unless do I'm it. Be more entertaining. Okay. I'm gonna okay, spread okay, the okay, link okay, around okay. on Twitter. Okay. The problem is these faggots are retards. They don't understand what I'm saying when I say there's a difference between quote unquote being gay and having same sex attraction. They really do not understand the difference between when I say that you could have same sex attraction, even exclusive same sex attraction, and that is different from adopting the sociopolitical category of capital G gay, in which you see yourself in community with other sodomites, i.e. being brought of the broader left coalition, right? These faggots literally do not fucking get it. It's like explaining fish to a water because at the end of the day, they're just fucking libs. They just use that term as a slur. They don't even know what the fuck liberalism is. All they know is fucking take prep and lie. So what they fucking have been doing for the past three days beyond just shitting their pants and pulling their hair is making fucking phrase front-facing video cameras talking about oh, we're we're under attack here in norway or sweden be from the religious right and the fucking this aj faggot being like oh you won't say that shit to my face i'll punch you in the face i'm like bitch i wish the fuck you would <laughs> bitch i wish you would i wish you would be in the same room with me and clench your motherfucking fist i want to see you fucking try it and i would like anybody in the room who follows him to please dm him like he likes to DM all day and tell him to get in the fucking room if he's a man and has two fucking balls about it. Oh, you want to talk if we're in the same room? Bitch, either shut your fucking mouth or book the fucking flight to New York City so I can see it to your face, bitch. Let me catch you in these motherfucking shoes. I'll say it to your face that you're a faggot and being gay isn't real. And I want to see you clench your fucking fist in front of me. So that's all I have to say on the matter. I don't. I don't think your antagonist is going to do that. I think he went to the Peter Hotez school of debate debate rules. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I don't like to talk. I like to fight. No. <laughs> all right. Let me pull up the original tweet. Yeah, pull out the scimitar. Yeah. Let's show it real quick. Let's go back and rehash why this discussion is even happening. Yeah. Um, sorry, I have to present the stupid window. Oh, good. Because you know why? Faggots are very insecure about the claim that, that the fact that a disproportion of men who call themselves gay also report having a history of abuse. Faggots get very uncomfortable with that fact because it upsets the sanctity of their sexual identity, which gives them legal protections in law. So when someone like Basil from Twitter says, Hey, listen, buddy, I'm not a liberal, okay? This shit is two separate things. They get really fucking butthurt, and they stop learning how to... They fucking bec become illiterate, and they start saying, whoa, 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 you're a self-hating gay, and da 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 It's like, bitch, the only... Like I said, I've said it a million fucking times. The only gay I don't hate is me, bitch. I hate you, faggots. <laughs> wow. So hateful. Don't hold back. Tell us what you really think. I mean, so yeah, you know, like, absolutely Nazi. And that's the thing too. They like to be like, "Oh, look at him, limp wrist." I'm like, "Don't let the fucking limp wrist fool you, bitch." I can bench whatever. I can. like. Don't fucking get it twisted. So the, the crux of this basically is people who feel very strongly that they were born this way um, get sort of irate when uh, the rest of us discuss potential causes or um, parental deficits, shall we say, that, that can contribute to our, you know, to, to our development of homosexuality. Um, 
And it seems that, you know, in, in our last stream where we talked about causes of homosexuality, we basically concluded that there are some people who were gay no matter what, born this way, sure. Um, there are some people who were straight no matter what, you know, they could, they have abuse, they have, you know, parental deficits, but they end up straight regardless. And then we have, you know, people in the middle that are, you know, a large cohort of homosexual men who report um, parental deficits or outright child abuse or, at, or, and you know, like sexual abuse too. Like, I can't even tell you how many men that I've talked to that have, were introduced to sex before the age of 12. So it's, it's common. It happens a lot. Um, and it's, it's sort of an elephant in the room and you're not allowed to talk about it because it, it goes back to that whole gaze as a predator trope which you know our our homosexual forefathers worked very hard for decades uh, to to throw off <laughs> and to get rid of. I think one of the one of the things too, like the reactions that you find from these people, is that by having the conversation, there's this kind of assumption from a lot of them that we think that gay can be like fixed or is something that must be corrected or fixed, or that it's wrong, or that it's wrong. That is that's, that's not, not what we're saying. What we're doing at all. We're simply trying to analyze the situation. And if there is a, a larger amount statistically of abuse amongst gay men when they're children, um, I would want to know more about that. I want to understand, is there a causal relationship at all? But like Basil said, he wasn't arguing that there is a one-one causal relationship between the two. That's not what he's saying. Statistically speaking, there's, a, there's probably, you know, if you want to look at the ratio of it, a higher amount amongst gay men, right? And that when you bring up these statistics, um, what he's saying that they, they react similarly to the woke, liberally type black folks when you bring up crime statistics and the, you know, ratio of crime amongst. And not, to be fair, not even just black folks, because it's mostly... It's mostly non-black people who react this way on behalf That's of the black point. people who exist in their head. Yeah, it's white you know, liberals. Like, yeah, exactly. When you tell you you point out the thirteen fifty five statistic, it's it's white women are the ones who will have the most the biggest conniption. You know? Do you want to just explain that real quick for the audience? Oh right. So the whole, but I didn't have breakfast is from a, a copy pasta type of post where it's like it, it's attacks an IQ thing where it's like you can't understand counterfactuals. But the point of the the when I said response to crime statistics and because it's like FBI crime statistics are such where it's like thirteen the black people make up thirteen percent of the population, but you know they make up something like fifty one percent of the murders. It's probably higher at this point. And then when you take into account that like half of black people are women, and then two thirds of black people are too old or too young to actually commit that, it's something like seven percent of black people commit like fifty percent of the murders in this country. But when you tell someone who is a leftist woke has a connection to the left what they they are unable to contend with this because they have a shibboleth in their head of race worship because it is directly connected to the patronage system and the censorship system that the left uses to control all of us it's all one thing like so when you have the blm riots anyone who says something like that 1355 you are immediately labeled a racist persona non grata you are censored you're whatever my contention with this whole thing is that these lgbs without the t's they love what i'm saying about these lgbs without the t's really fundamentally is that you are making a lot of fucking you're uh what's it called what's the phrase you're a tempest in a teapot you're making a lot of noise 
but you're not really doing anything. You're being dragged the fuck along because you are so defensive of your sexual identity. You are just mad about the next ideological step, the next natural ideological progression in that step. You will eventually be made to shut up one way or another so long as you are holding on to this precious sexual identity that is so you know, central to who you are. My whole contention is, and it's always thrown back in my face, like, oh, you're self-hating, you're in denial. Bitch, everything makes fucking sense here. There's no, I actually have less dissonance than I've ever had in my entire life. In the past three, four years, I've really been anti-liberal in the sense where than I've ever had in my life bringing these things together. But it's all projection. A good example is, when we talk about men who we all know, who we've all had experience with, who live their lives without adopting a, a gay sexual identity for themselves, but, you know, on the low, when the demons are whispering in their ear, you know, they'll fuck a femboy, they'll fuck a tranny, they'll go to the truck stop, they'll get their dick sucked in the glory hole, but they maintain, they don't have the sexual identity of being gay. But that's what I'm saying when these people are either too low IQ to understand what I'm saying, or they're being purposefully rhetorically obtuse in order to not understand what I'm saying. So they will turn around and be like, oh, those men are in denial. Those men, no, those men just simply haven't adopted a sexual identity, which they made the cornerstone of their whole fucking psyche the way you have. And those men tend not to be fucking Democrats. What a, what a surprise. I guess let's let <laughs> Roman respond here, because I know he's he's someone who is disagreeing with you about these points. On or maybe not. Let's say, we're, we're, I don't even know if he disagrees. Pass the ball around. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can scroll down my page. I've said multiple times some of the same shit about sexual identity um, back before I followed you, Basil. Uh, it's like, I mean, I... I I don't know. I'm not the one to represent the cohort of gays that reported your shit yeah. or whatever. Yeah, no, mine and Rowan's contention is slightly different than the one that I've been talking about, where it's like with this whole like LGB, very LGB without the T, gays against groomers, whatever, whatever. Rowan doesn't really exist in those circles. And the contention that we have is like, <clears throat> we can talk about this later too. It's like, but the difference, uh, the the thing that keeps me and Rowan butting heads on the timeline is more about um, the role of the timeline in political discourse, the role of Twitter and the public posting and how that affects the broader narrative, right? So it's like, you know, um, you could call me a grifter, even though I, I'm, I'm an idiot and I don't fucking sell my takes like a dumbass, right? But the thing is, it's like, I'm hyper aware of like what I'm doing on the timeline in terms of what I'm counter signaling, who like you know, it's like it's very. Um, th that's what I think the the disconnect between me and Rowan is. I think it's where it's like it, it, it's a mixture of like the personal and the political. Where I don't think it's the same as where it's like with these faggots who have been making front facing videos about me. It's purely political, but they, because and you know what you know why I call these motherfuckers failed men. You know how I say sometimes like oh you know having a sexual identity as a gay person into your adulthood is a sign of arrested development and a failure as a man and that and throughout most of history even men who in their youth have engaged in dalliances with other men eventually settle down and grow out of it and you know raise families even if on the side they continue to like i described earlier you know hit up the truck stop or hit up the bathhouse these are failed men 
They have a political disagreement with me, another man, and what they do is like a fucking faggot or a woman or a less than man. They are in front of their cameras like, we're under attack, that's bullshit. If I see you, I'm gonna fight you, I swear to God. That is what being a failed man is, okay? And that's why I say it, so, you know, we'll see where that goes. I uh, wanted to read one of Rowan's tweets about you. <laughs> Please, Let's, not the one. Oh, that no. Exactly. Not the, uh, see, that's the I'm thing. He got, he got hey, spicy. Uh, Basil, um, <laughs> I'm reading it. I don't think do you you're that retract, ugly. I was going to say, sorry. do you want to retract any of the tweets before they start pulling them up? I may. I I want to apologize for calling you fat and ugly because um, I don't. I don't think you're that ugly. Thank you. I don't think you're that ugly either. I appreciate that. Well, I'm going to read it anyway because I want to let Basil respond to some of these points here because they are typical criticisms that you get. So he said, "Why would anyone listen to a fat, ugly, gay with unaddressed religious trauma talk about gay issues when you could listen to hot, self-actualized gays discuss the issues better?" Babe, your psychosexual self-hatred is showing. Bro, and you gotta DM me those uh, hot, self-actualized gays. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't referring to myself, contrary to um, the response I got. That's <laughs> this. So, do you have this is some full-on? Um, there's some concept in here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've been at work all day. That's that's my issue. I, I've been. Uh, I don't know. We're just having fun. Listen, it's not the first time I've been called fat and ugly and autistic on the timeline, and I promise you it won't be the last, okay? I'm just offended because I liked you and you blocked me, and I I don't know why. A year and a half ago when people would do it, it's like, okay, fine, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm autistic, I'm (laughs) abrasive, I'm rude. Am I wrong, though? Am I wrong? (laughs) That's the question. And um, You got a point. And that's the thing, too. It's like, I... I'm very block happy, right? If you, there are certain people who have been able to call me on blind spots and critique and, you know, provide nuance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I love that. If I even get a whiff that you're like, oh, this is like, a, this, this has something, this is like what I was saying earlier, where it's like the difference between the, the disconnect between me and Rowan is actually not a political one. I, it's more of like a, social market one it's about the conduct the conduct on the timeline and how we relate to each other there and and versus like what we're actually doing right rowan would frame what he does on the timeline as like i'm just here having fun connecting with people etc it was correct me if i'm wrong I i would say oh no i'm not doing that I'm very explicit. I came on the t- on the timeline two years ago because I had like six podcasts, six different media ventures that I was like trying to get the attention of so I could give them this critique on the TQ, let them use the TQ as a litmus test, explain to them why it's important, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I came on here with a very distinct mission, right? So that's why in the beginning when I started this, I would block anyone with uh, pronouns in bio. I would block anyone with a hammer and sickle. I would block anyone who I thought would waste my time when I was like, I need the breathing room to get this. Because the thing is, it's like when I'm able to articulate it in like this verbally, it is very, it makes a lot of sense. However, you're limited by your character count, right? So I have the choice. Do I be, do I present my argument in a way that's like very palatable and affable and personable, right? Or do I, but that takes more words, or do I cut to the bare bones, get to the point, explain what it is without any of the fluff, not playing hide the ball, right? 
the con with the first part where you try to be more affable is that in order to do that, you have to release, you have to reveal more and more of your personal life in order to be relatable and personable. And what I didn't want to do is give people more ammunition to hand wave my argument away by being like, oh, well, it's just because you're a Muslim. It's all, it's because you have unaddressed religious trauma. It's because, you know, it's because you're fat and ugly. It's like, no, bitch. It's because what I'm saying uh, gets to the nerve of what you are, of what I'm talking about. And that's why for fucking three days, these faggots have been shitting their pants because <laughs> I speak and these faggots' world shakes, okay? My <laughs> mind, my word, my power. Oh, it All amazes right. me sometimes. So I, I'm going I'm to read another tweet by Rowan because it's another criticism I've seen made against you by other people that he also said in this tweet. So he okay, said... He said, when you purposefully spin up drama with your intentionally provocative takes, then play victim when people take issue with your vitriolic myopia masquerading as insight, you're acting like a leftist. I have I a couple of responses to that. First, the using the leftist as a pejorative, right? Many people do this. It's not limited to Rowan. People use leftist. I didn't say it as a pejorative. I just said it as a. As you're a acting. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You're acting as like them. I understand. But maybe, maybe that's not exactly how you're using it, but it's often used in this way in which leftist is a pejorative or whatever. And I said this in the reply. I'm I use it as a pejorative. I'm not <laughs> acting like a leftist. When I say I will not engage in a free debate, a free exchange of ideas, that's actually quite illiberal. Like I was saying earlier, it's like I'm an authoritarian when it comes to my beliefs. I believe this. You can believe what you want. I will freely express what I want to believe, and you can take it or leave it, right? The thing of it, it's like, am I being purposefully provocative? Absolutely not. My take. I am. Well, you Josh, know, for myself, my take is very uh, moderate centrist middle of the road my take is literally dress and act however the fuck you want but you're not allowed to change your driver's mm -hmm. license that's a very moderate take that anyone before the year 2015 would have agreed with me correct so the take is actually not very uh spicy the other take in which the tq is a perfect litmus test is actually a very useful tool in determining who <laughs> is or is not connected to the left broadly is not a spicy take is not provocative is my rhetoric and my delivery abrasive and provocative absolutely but guess what if i was hello i have a, i have a little critique of the thing that you're doing could you please no one would fucking listen to me okay i'm sorry that in order to get your attention i have to be like listen sodomites but the thing is i call my fucking self a sodomite i'm i'm, I'm not i'm not doing anything that i don't adopt for myself you know it, it really is what it is and then there was another part where it's like um well, can you reread the tweet again, the first part? Um, when you personally spin up drama yeah. with your intentionally provocative takes. And th this, this too kind of bothers me because there's this kind of implication, and I've seen other people say this too about me and Brent, that we're only saying and doing the things we're doing to stir up controversy, that we don't actually say believe the things we're saying or care about the things we're saying, the topics we want to talk about. It's just to spin up controversy, and that is not the, that's not the Or another criticism Here, that I Here's my fucking problem. Right. I, I don't believe that Basil was saying anything that he doesn't believe. I think any anyone who would read anything he says and says that he, he doesn't believe it is foolish. Uh, my issue is that 
I didn't see the original tweet that started the whole firestorm in the first place. I was just coming into it saying my own shit, ignorant of the larger drama, and then got pegged as being part of it. Well, I'll say this. The reason I blocked you, right, before I quoted you, the reason I blocked you was because I saw you in the one where he's like, I'm going to beat you up, Basil. I saw you in the likes, and that is a thing for me. Wait, what? Where? In the likes. It's it's whether it, Send me the post, because I don't remember that. I've... I've like engage with your well, shit you and been like that. you're so prescient basil I, I totally oh my god you're like a prophet of the internet oh my goodness okay well we'll we'll hit a have i not no no we'll do gentlemen, a reset we'll gentlemen. clear all the air and like do water under the bridge and it was a misunderstanding i'm totally fine with that <clears throat> but gentlemen, the, the thing is, hold on just really quick sorry the one thing i'll say is that rowan what you're saying i don't doubt at all that you were naturally responding to the broader discourse that was happening my contention that i was like uh saying right at the tail end of like oh i speak in these faggots world shakes is that that whole discourse is because of the past three days of reaction to that one fucking quote tweet and these like all these faggots losing their mind and what like, was the original quote tweet well, the we'll read one that said, one. Yeah, yeah I said shit. people with yeah. sexual identities respond to abuse statistics the way that quote unquote black Americans respond to crime statistics. The sodomite version of but I did have breakfast is but I personally wasn't abused. Damn, I got that right off the phone. You can dome. scroll down my page and see me saying that like I've posted several shit about how I think sexual identity is bullshit and like la la la. I mean, I don't know. No, I, I listen. I I legitimately don't have hard feelings towards you, Rowan, and I don't c include you in the class of faggot haters that like I am with like this. Uh, what's his name? AJ. That's DM his name. this DM this AJ. Like, please DM this AJ. I just quote tweet. I unblocked him and just quote tweet him and said, "If you're a man, get in the fucking stream." I'm not gonna stay here all, but like, bitch, get this faggot in here now. I mean, he does seem hot and self-actualized. Does he? Listen, my thing is, my thing is, my thing is, I'm a white man's whore, okay? So you can know that what I'm about to say is true. Do not fucking come for me or my looks when you're a six at best, okay? Don't fucking do it. You're not a fucking eight. You're not nobody's eight. I need to know how fucking tall you are, motherfucker. Okay, I want to move the conversation right, yes. along a little bit. Well, I know Josh had something that I think you wanted oh, to sorry, say. Oh, sorry, Josh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, I thought I'd, I'd like to take a stab at framing this in, in the broader picture um, and pu pull it out a little bit um, from the personal, uh, because um, I, I think, you know, Basil and I have only talked, to, I think, one time before, but I think I largely agree with him. But I want to frame this out for people who, who are listening so that they can try to understand what what people like basil i believe are saying what people like i am saying and understand that they misunderstand a great deal of of what's going on here um couple of i'll just close a couple of prior priors about me so that people understand where i'm coming from okay i do have a particular perspective on this i six seven eight years ago would have been one of those gay men screaming at what Basil said, okay? I was a, all of my life, I'm not saying everyone else here was, I'm describing myself. I was a hard left progressive liberal for most of my life. I came out of the closet at 12 years old, which was very unusual 
um, in the days when I was young. Um, I believed in Born This Way. Um, I also come from, as, as most people who watch my show know, I come from a background of, of pretty extreme child abuse, um, mother and stepfather. Um, and when I basically divorced my abusive mother, my mother has borderline and narcissistic personality disorders. My, I did not predict this, but my entire perspective on the world, on politics, on identity, on sexuality, on emotions changed. I have done, not on everything, but on this question, I have done a complete 180. It's, I'm completely reversed of where I was before. This is what, this is what I believe. I cannot prove this. I'm not saying that I can prove it. Um, I am open to being wrong about this. What I am not open to is um, I don't care how people feel or emote about this because I understand the feelings and emotions. I would have been the one screaming. I used to be the one screaming like these gay men are. I do understand it because I was that person. Um, but I believe I was wrong and I believe that they are wrong. It is a fact, not an opinion, not propaganda. It is a fact well known and long documented in the literature that gay men statistically have an extraordinarily high chance of coming from a background of child abuse. Let me explain something else. So again, that's not Josh's opinion. That is a documented fact. It's a neutral fact, even if you don't like it. The, I'm not, and when I say child abuse, I do, people should not hear direct sexual molestation. That may be part of it, but this, this is a big, Basil was talking about people um, not being able to, to think abstractly. He's absolutely right. They can't. They are, they're, they're, in fact, they're not thinking. What they're doing is emoting. They're feeling, they're having big feels, but they're not actually thinking. Um, I'm not talking, I'm not saying, oh, the reason why every gay man is gay is because another older man touched his PP. I'm not saying that. When I say child abuse, I'm talking about households where children are never molested, maybe even never physically struck or spanked. Emotional abuse, psychological abuse is as or more damaging as those. So I'm speaking expansively when I say child abuse. Is anyone else hearing a, an echo come back? Yeah, there's a there's a mild echo. That's why if you're not talking, try muting your mic. That should eliminate it. Okay. So the the actual and again, this is factual. It's not made up. It's not opinion. There is an extraordinary statistical correlation between men who grow up and and self-identify as gay. I am one of these um, who have mothers with borderline personality disorder and or narcissistic personality disorder, cluster B personality disorder, and and a father figure who is either personality disordered in a complementary way, but mainly violent, absent, or weak and ineffectual. So it, it may be, as it was in my case, a violent stepfather, um, that was my mother is a borderline and and she married a violent uh, a violent man it may be in other cases 
a very weak henpecked father who does not protect his children and particularly does not protect his boys from the emotional predation of a borderline and narcissistic woman. Um, or he's absolutely absent. I never met my father. My father ran away before. So what I am saying is, yes, I am a representative of that cohort, that large cohort. But I also recognize that this is not 100%. I do suspect, suspect, can't prove, but I do suspect that there is actually not merely a correlation between personality disordered mothers and weak fathers and homosexuality. I strongly suspect there is a causative element in many cases. Again, I cannot prove that. No one can prove that. But the problem with this conversation is this is so emotionally provocative to gay people because gay people, almost all of them, I'm sorry, I'm not going to give a lot of not alls here. Almost all gay people are extraordinarily emotionally insecure. Um, I was that person and in many ways I still am. I'm still very reactive and emotional. I'm less so than I used to be. I do believe it's easy to see, especially these guys who come back at Basil and say stuff like, I was never a you know, oh, I did have breakfast, blah, 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 mm -hmm. right? I've done that. I know exactly where it's coming from. Before seven years ago, I told the world that my mother was a saint. I used those words. I said, my mother is a saint. If you have watched anything about my story, you know that my mother was actually a cross between Joan Crawford and, and the actress from a horror movie. I mean, it, abusive doesn't begin to describe it. That is, people who come from abuse like that are often in denial. I'm not saying that every person who says I wasn't abused is in denial, but I am saying that many of them are, and I don't believe them. I believe that they believe what they're saying, but I don't believe that's the actual truth. And as Basil said, all of this comes down to the fact that in order to get equal legal treatment, whether you agree with that or not, we hung, we gay people, I was part of this movement. I've been doing gay activism since 1989 when I was a teenager. We hung all of our hopes on Born This Way. That was the sole argument. We didn't choose this. This is as in, this is exactly analogous to skin color. And because we put all of our eggs in that basket, these boys and girls are they're honestly terrified. They're not making up the terror. They really are scared when they hear this challenge. That's where it's coming from. And I'll, I'll shut up now. Thank you for indulging me. Let me let me bring in uh, Mr. St. Q. He's been waiting patiently to hang out. He's not a podcaster. Hi, guys. <laughs> Welcome. Hi, Rowan. Hi, Basil. These are we're, we're all friends. I like I like I've liked here. I want to let people respond to what uh, Josh just said. But I I um. I, uh, what was I trying to say? I, I like that you guys are finding some common ground because I didn't think you guys disagreed as much as you thought you did, so. It's a lot different when you get people in a face-to-face, -face, like real-time conversation. Right. And I have been saying that's kind of like AJ would never clench his fist. Twitter if is not room. a place for the the these those kind of nuanced and very emotional subjects yeah. because y you, we can't communicate in a human way on Twitter. It's Twitter easy. is not 
a human means of communication. It's easy. It's the talk. devil's means of communication. Imagine having to stop <laughs> talking after every 280th character. Imagine yeah. you had to stop talking and like. You well, know, now you, okay. could, you could pay for a check mark and write longer tweets. Now. I'm actually going to cancel my check mark. I'm very upset. I can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah, yeah I'm very mad. But hold on, can I just pick up on two things that Josh talked about? The first thing that I want to pick up on what that Josh talked about, right, is the um, overbearing mother, absent, abusive father. Baby, this is good old-fashioned Freudian psychoanalysis. It's, it's Freud, and it's true. It's, and it's always true. It's been true. true. It has always been true. We made it not true politically. But this fucking—I'm sorry. I'm I sorry to Josh. talk over you. This fucking pisses me off because I've been reading all the way back to Freud, and I've been reading the psychoanalytic and the mental health literature from the mid-20th century all the way through the 70s, basically ending at 1990 when we weren't allowed to talk about this anymore. All that shit— all that stuff that was just homophobia and, oh, no, Norman Bates didn't have, you know, that's not real. Yes, it is. It always was real. Yes, bitch. Is real. Yes, bitch. Yes, bitch. Speak on it. But, yes, I, listen, even my race play take is I'm a Freudian Marxist. I really, it's, oh, that, that shit, that shit is music to my fucking ears. But the second thing that Josh said that was absolutely correct and so basal coded, I must say, I'm loving everything Josh said. The second thing that he said that was absolutely fucking right was the hanging of the hat entirely on the born this way. Why would I choose to be this way? Gay gene bullshit of the night of the nineties and the early two thousands. And the, you said it and it was so perfect. The, and the analogy to race, you know why? You know why? Because the Civil Fucking Rights Act, there was already a legal framework for the gay, quote unquote, and a moral framework. And a moral framework, a rhetorical moral framework to get people on board. Oh, baby. <laughs> this is, this is, this is, this is, they're also very basal coded. But it was because it was to use the exact same rhetoric as the, the race protections for the Civil Rights Act in order to get sexual orientation incorporated into Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. Josh, go the fuck off. I just want to pull up this comment because it goes into your Marxist race play fetish. I think this is uh, George Alexopoulos. He's been on the show before, and he's just making a joke about how she's dreaming about that GWC, that great white cock. And she is. Who's and they all are. Who's among us is not? They all are. AOC. Uh, it's like pick any of them and look at their boyfriends and they're like these tall white dudes. Yeah, I, I really do think the Basil's Law is true. That's what I call it now. Ever since I saw someone call it that on Twitter, I'm like, yes, Basil's Law, which is, you know, that most of this discourse that you're finding on the left about race and all of this stuff is unaddressed fetishists like, right. like a lot of them I think. The yeah and to be clear fetish, yeah. basil is always down um if you're racist toward him as long as it's only in the bedroom he always exactly. says, he always he always he absolutely. always says that which i think is a, a noble admission <laughs> well so like wasn't there a whole zendaya movie that's coming out with like two guys and then she's like oh i'm doing so well with like my little white boys and i was just like that's a basil take right there like, Literally, I quote tweeted trailer. that with one of my tweets. That shit blew the fuck up. It has like 4,000 likes right now. 
Can I, so can I, just I like jump in here? Jump in, Brian. Yes. Jump in. Yes. Yeah, okay, so uh, Basil, Josh, I just want to make sure I understand this. Because I'm coming from the outside in on this, and I just sort of got into this, introduced to this whole controversy today. So basically, the argument is that, Basil, if I'm misstating any of this, stop me. The way that, that gays react to the whole, um, you know, there's trauma and da, 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 it's almost like catnip. It's like they just go crazy over it. And you're just like, no, 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 no. This, this is valid, but it's so shaking a certain segment of, of the gay community to the point that's like, no, 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 You're, you you can't, this is unchallengeable. And the reason that they claim it's unchallengeable is ever since the mid nineties, they have hung the whole, you know, I was born this way. And if that is ever questioned, if that foundation of who they are is ever taken out from under them, they're never going to know what to do with themselves. Am I stating well, not, you guys position correctly? Not only will really they not know what to do with themselves, right? For many of them, especially the ones that are under 30 who were born and raised in a culture of born this way, yes, mm -hmm. it is very psycho, like psychologically traumatic to even yep. ever question that shibboleth, right? But it's two conversations happening at the same time, right? There's okay. the one conversation about the causality of same-sex attraction, right? Right. And that you're 100% right. We as a, a society, as a, at a meta-narrative level, right, have all, I've completely hung our hats on the born this way narrative, right? But why have we done that? We, we've done that because, like Josh pointed out, it was an, an analogy to the civil rights movement in order to get this part, this sexual orientation, this sexual identity incorporated into the Civil Rights Act. My whole monomaniacal anti-left take on the internet why this is important to basil is because that is an ideological and rhetorical precursor to the tranny stuff in what way in the okay. censorship regime right before you could get fired before 2023 where you could get fired for calling saying that only women give birth in 1990 you could get you could get fired for saying hey listen why are we giving gays special protections these are just guys who have some sort of arrested sexual or development or whatever they just have you know an idiosyncratic sexual proclivity why is this becoming a protected class a la race in the Civil Rights Act, that would get you fired. That would get you deplatformed. That before this, obviously, before social media, but that would get you persona non grata in in certain um, upper middle class professional social circles, right? So that's my whole critique, which is like, listen, we're talking about gender identities today in 2023, and all you faggots are all up in arms because. And you listen, they'll say it in a different way. Here's a perfect example. They'll say the exact same thing, you, how you said, like, oh, if you question this uh, bedrock of their foundation, they will, they will have a knee-jerk mm -hmm. reaction. You don't even have to do it. They say it themselves unprovoked. You know when? When they say, because the thing is, I love you guys. I love a lot of the you – know, I can't fucking stand LGB without the T fucking homo con faggots because they're all just fucking repeating themselves over and over as if they fucking discovered lightning yesterday, uh, discovered fire yesterday. They're like, well, actually, did you know that it's kind of homophobic to say that men can be women? And it's like, yeah, yeah, this is like fucking first grade shit. But they say it themselves because they are scared of the undermining of their special privileged legal status with Correct. the advent of gender, gender ideology. So they say it unprovoked without even getting to the shibboleth of born this way. It's I the same thing as the, the feminist. Nerve. It's the same thing as the feminists. The reason the feminists are, and, and they, and, and I know some feminists and they don't all consciously know this. I, 
I, people are, are subconsciously motivated by a lot of things they don't want to admit to. I am included in that camp. But the feminists, the feminists, aside from the legitimate, um, absolutely legitimate objection to men having the right to be in women's locker rooms and in places where they can predate on women and harm them, all of this is real. That's all real and completely they're on the, they are right, and I'm with them. However, the great bulk of that is brand competition. Brand competition. Mm. They are scared of slipping down the progressive stack because the trannies now have higher market value and pay bigger dividends than the feminists oh. do. That's what this is about. Go the fuck off, Josh. All right. Because right, they are the woke. The feminists are woke. The only thing they're not woke on is trans. Exactly. And the gays, and the gays are the same thing. Almost you tell a feminist that trans gays are is a woke, direct... except for trans. Exactly. Yes, fucking Josh. All right. You tell a feminist. You tell a feminist that the tranny shit is a direct outgrowth of feminism. They will have a conip shit. I want you to pretend that the year is two thousand and two, two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Right. <laughs> I want you to go and tell a feminist that Judith Butler is not a feminist and they will laugh in your fucking face. Judith Butler, the disgusting stepmother of gender ideology. She is a feminist. Feminist turfs, right? Trans-exclusionary radical feminists. I uh, I have to shout out this guy named Mar Marbeck from the Good Old Boys podcast because he, I'm stealing, I'm paraphrasing him. Feminists want to reject the Gender uh, Studies Academy of 2023 in favor of the Gender Studies Academy of 2010. Okay, they just want to roll back the clock. The, well, but really, it's feminists in general want to roll it back to like the 90s. Faggots in general want to roll it back to the early 2000s. And that's really all it is. And they will call someone like me a reactionary, right? I'm not a reactionary. I'm, I will tell you, there is no such thing as return. The only way out is through. But these people are true reactionaries in the sense that they literally just want to go back to either 2010 or 2000 or 1990 and hit pause. And it's like, sweetie, you can't do it. All you're ending up doing is being a useful idiot for the left. You get to put up the kayfabe of being like, no, we're against this. We're against this. We're against this. Oh, but you can't vote for you can't vote for Donald Trump because, you know, what? or you can't do anything that actually combats the left in any act. You can't attack the Civil Rights Act because that's where my special protections come from. What about what about me and my butt fucking? And it's like. Yeah. Question it, question in a statement. So basically what we're looking at here is, is a three-way Mexican gunfight. I got the trans on one one side of the triangle. I've got the feminists on the other side of the triangle and I got the gays on the other side of the triangle. They're all looking at each other with the guns points like who wants to shoot first? Yes, I, but they don't realize that they're yes, but they don't realize that they're all on the same side of the dividing line and on the other side of the dividing line is like religious conservatives. People who you I'll know, agree with that, you know, religious conservatives, true illiberals, not uh, people who uh, who they call Nazis and Whig Nats and whatever, who want to deport 12 million illegals, like actual people who are anti left, anti this whole globalist project. They don't realize that they're actually they want to pretend that they're anti left and that they're whatever. But really, they're just useful idiots doing throwing shit at each other on the timeline all day and doing nothing. All right, I'm going to devil's advocate here a little bit because earlier you mentioned, you know, back in like the early 90s and stuff. So Rowan had to go. Thanks for hanging out, Rowan. Yeah, Appreciate thanks, you coming on. Um, you know, that you could get fired if you questioned the origins of homosexuality and that sort of thing. 
And I guess, you know, the flip side of that or the argument that would be made from people who oppose what you're saying is, well, how how do you how do you have any kind of protections from, say, people who are gay or we don't have to use that term, who participate in homosexual activity and that is somehow, say, found out? How do you have protections from them losing their jobs or access to housing and things like that? And because that's the argument they made is like the point was to protect against those things. Yeah, go for it, Basil. You're muted. You muted yourself. I don't give a fuck about their protection. <laughs> I am illiberal. I am illiberal. If someone wants to not engage in a market activity with someone else for any reason, that is their right. Mm -hmm. Okay? I am illiberal. Same thing, and I will say the same thing like I say to the, the Civil Rights Act. I say repeal the whole fucking shit. It's 2023. You cannot tell me that in 2023 that without the Civil Rights Act that we would have, first of all, we already have de facto segregation in every major city in this country. We do. But you cannot tell yeah. me that if we got rid of the Civil Rights Act, we would have de jure segregation in places like New York, California, Texas, Florida, Chicago, uh, Illinois, where most people in this country live. That is a boogeyman lie. Okay. <laughs> second, first, second of all, I reject the idea that you are gay. I reject the idea that because you like men, you are some sort of a separate special category of person, right? If you're black, okay, <laughs> that is on your face, okay? And that's why we had the Civil Rights Act to begin with. And even when we passed the Civil Rights Act, the, legislature, the legislators who passed it and the courts who interpreted it always considered it a temporary measure to rectify the the inequities stemming from slavery and Jim Crow. Again, you cannot tell me in 2023 that those inequities exist in our culture when we have Zoomers who literally now believe that men can become women unironically. They're not fucking racist like that. They worship the black trans bussy seller in a wheelchair, okay? They literally worship it. And also, you can't tell me that without the Civil Rights Act, that companies, we live in a monopoly capitalist system, okay? There's only like five companies in the world, okay? They're all going to have a, um, an analogous version of the Civil Rights Act as part of their business plan, regardless of the law. You know why? Because it opens them up to more markets. They don't want to discriminate against you. The only color they care about is green. You know, it's like, why is this, why is this shocking to people who call themselves progressives? Because they're liberals. It's true. You know, that's true. And I think that's why <laughs> you speak so much truth. I just love how we build up so much goodwill for you. And then you unmute and immediately go, I don't give a fuck about their rights. We work so hard to build up goodwill for Basil. And then it's like, but I, I understand you're muted again, Basil. I just... But I'm like, why is the, why are those two things in, incongruous? Like, I, I feel, I mean, Dan, Brentley, Q, we've all hung out, you know, separately. I, am I like, so like, like, I can't be around. It's like, no, it's like, it's, there's personability. There's likability. I'm nice enough. You know, don't, don't make a front facing video where you're going to say you're going to beat me up and I'm not going to, you know, but it's like, this is, political. where are the, where are those guys? They, not... they, so AJ was in my DMS all fucking day for like, in like the last, like, 48 hours basically um and we were having exchange and he characterized basil's quote tweet where you know he used the word sodomite and basically said you know like compared how gay men react to abuse statistics to how 
um, liberals react to black crime stats and characterize that as a ridicule and an attack against, you know, CK. Um, it, he seemed to take some extreme umbrage and he got very angry that you had blocked him, Basil. That seemed to be his primary complaint. And uh, the primary my block button is so Look, powerful. I, you know it what? I tell people, me sometimes I tell people I, I put it in my fucking profile. I, bre I mute and block liberally. Because... But CK, I mean, CK especially should be here. I just want to say because he's the one who did that. He's the one who did that whole call yeah. for me to get reported uh, for you for you to get reported, which I think is disgusting. And that's right. And then, yeah. yeah. And then AJ uh, also was trying to pretend like, you know, like their their little takes on the conversation did not contribute to the mass reports. Both Basil and my main accounts are locked right now on yeah, Twitter because the other guy he mentioned, too, did ask people. His followers. Yeah, CK. Just to be clear, I I kept the receipts, but CK on the timeline asked people to mask report. He said, wow. "Everyone go report." Yeah, this literally. Guy. So yeah. he's so he did that. I mean, that and happened. I want to reiterate that I never even fucking read his tweet before I quote tweeted. Nothing I tweeted was about him. I never tweeted at or about CJ. I saw him in the replies and immediately knew he was retarded and blocked him because I like to curate my experience. I don't like retards buzzing in my ear. <laughs> Nothing wrong with curating your experience. And, and literally, yeah. he was like, "Screenshot this guy blocked me without." It's like you're not entitled to my time. My time's actually very expensive. Four hundred and fifty dollars an hour if you want to pay for it also we, we gave them a chance to address you directly here where you know? are the faggots where yeah. are these pussy so, ass non-man so, ass faggots i see a non-man ass man if you're gonna be a man if you want to talk loud on your fucking uh, front-facing camera you want to say oh i'll fuck you and punch you and blah blah, blah. be where are you you want to fight me you want to you want to throw hands but you can't come here and do this there's nothing, there's nothing shit out of my face. There's nothing, there's, there's no bigger pussy behavior than telling your followers to go fucking report people. Like, fuck that. That's, that's, ex <laughs> yeah. ex that's that, exactly, that is, that that's exactly like yeah, the lips. It makes you know, it makes you know better than them. So reporting yeah. should be restricted to things that are illegal, that are dangerous, that put people at risk, that, you know, child abuse material. Like there are real problems on Twitter that Twitter could address. You know, so locking people like out of their account for using the word faggot, or in my case, figget. I didn't even use the fucking word. I said, figget's gonna figget. That's what I said. And that, that was enough. And then I, I appealed the decision. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm gay. I'm criticizing other gay men for being ridiculous. Yeah. And they were like, nope, it's hate speech. Your appeal is rejected. Yeah. <laughs> you are spreading dangerous things. Can I say something? I want to say something that one of my, one of my really good mutuals yeah. just said in, in the replies. That's actually such a fucking great point. He said, observation, people having the same sexuality here are fighting due to nothing more than having different ideologies. It begs the question, if sexuality in and of itself really constitutes a unifying identity, why is all this fighting happening in the first place? Ooh. And it's 100% right, because it's not. You are not in community with other people just because you like to get fucked in your ass. You are not That's in right. community with every sodomite in history because you got a nut on your face. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yes. So um, AJ was also on my DMs yesterday. He sent me a message. 
message too. And I did reply to him, but he never replied to me, although he was messaging you all day, Brent. All day. So I don't understand why he didn't reply to me. Cause I was, I mean, I was I... pretty cordial in my reply, but the, I wanted to bring it up and I'm going to read it too, because it raises an interesting point for me about, you know, the right of association, who we have on the show. And I, I can't stand when people try to police who Brent and I choose to talk to on this show. Or what we talk about. Or what we talk about. Or how we talk about what, it. What it comes down because to. Because it's none of your fucking business. Well, if you don't like what we're saying, you don't have to watch. Sure, but what it comes down to is we have had people on the podcast who don't like each other. Some of those people associate with other people who don't like us. I don't police who they associate with. And the people we've had on who might not like other people we've had on don't police who we associate with. And that's why those relationships work. And I think it's an important point. But I also, it ties back into why Brent want to have these discussions in person, because people talk past each other on, on Twitter. It's very easy to misunderstand. Anyway, he, he messaged me, and I'm going to read it because he didn't respond. So I guess I'm going to just read my response. He said, if you think this involves either of you guys, meaning me and Brent, it doesn't. I don't know why you guys give platforms to people who can only get attention by saying shit like that because they wouldn't get attention any other way for real. And He's we just, know which to be clear, which to be which to be clear. I have to jump in. I have to very, well look, he's very obviously talking about your appearance. You and yes, I yes. That's all I wanted to say. But I'm getting tired of only some people get to say shit, but if you clap back, it's oh, you're a little sensitive pansy. Fuck that. Why should anyone say anything then? And I responded to him. Bitch. And I want everyone to hear this because this is an important point to me. We give platforms to people we find interesting, whose perspectives fascinate us, and who are saying things others get upset by, whether it's leftists, conservatives, woke gays, gender critical gays, etc., etc., to actually hash out what they think and why to maybe learn something or try on a new perspective. Wisdom is knowing you can play with ideas without getting upset or without accepting them as outright true. Twitter isn't the place for that, in my opinion, although that can certainly happen here. I've spent time with him, Basil, talked deeply about his views, and he's honestly incredibly insightful and a great foil to many of our guests. It prevents what we do from turning into an echo chamber. People like Basil do want to provoke the people they disagree with on here. I do it too. All of us do it to some extent, right? And he finds a lot of them on both sides of the aisle among right and left. He does have religious views of his sexuality that are different than mine or yours. It doesn't offend me and it doesn't make me want to dissociate with him, which goes for anyone I associate with who may see things differently. He knows what he thinks and why I respect it. And I grant him that agency by understanding as much as we can openly talk about various subjects, including Islam, certain things we'll probably always disagree on. And then I told him, maybe you should come on the live stream and have a human to human conversation with him because it's easy to be nasty on Twitter and miss one's points and never answered me. And he responded on Twitter on a tweet. And, didn't didn't accept the invitation. He told Brent he wasn't interested in coming on. But I just you know, I think if you're going to make videos like he did and like Basil said, basically challenge 
someone to like a physical fight. I mean, saying like, "Hey, if you were in the room with me, oh, I'd he's responded actually. He's responded actually. Yeah, I saw that he responded. But it's like the least you can do is at least come and, and to face you here through a computer screen, face to face, where you see each other, you can talk, and hash out what these what these disagreements are. And people are arguing, oh, we're doing this because we just want to pump our pump our live stream, pump our podcast, whatever. What like, yes, obviously we're gonna. Yeah, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? If you have a podcast, you want to promote it. Kind of fighting distraction. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I'm an ass. What it comes down to is. we I'm are interested in the discussion, and we want to have the discussion. That's really what it comes down to. Otherwise, we wouldn't talk about it. You know, we talk about something else. I'm curious to know what Prince Saint Nick thinks about all of this. You haven't said very much, and I'd yeah, like to hear. Yeah. I'd like to hear what you think. Well, just like uh, I come from the camp of, uh, I was raised in a conservative Christian home. I had good like role model parents. I guess. I was labeled the exception the last time that we had this uh, type of topic, but I didn't, the thing that I noticed is I didn't get as reactionary uh, as a lot of these other uh, gays did when I saw Basil's take. I saw his original take and I saw everything and I was just like, oh, he's onto something spicy again. Like that's, I mean, and you, I, I guess I know him to that it. extent, like, yeah, just because, like, I was just like, hey, I just want to know the full context of this and everything like that. And uh, honestly, I come from what he's saying. I come from that type of place. So, like, this is kind of an interesting take I've never heard before. So I just kind of asked Basil about it. And I was just like, hey, what's going on and all this stuff? And then I kind of was just like, yeah, they are kind of really self-defensive a lot and plus this is what like therapists do which i think is kind of weird uh you ask questions about your identity your persona your background your family and everything like that and you try to get to the point of who you are as a person what your core identity is or like what your personal belief is and i i hate to say it but a lot of people are outing themselves as, as not going to therapy um in, in that kind of sense, because like if and the kind if of therapy you, that's available today, unfortunately, is is often anti therapeutic. It's more common these days for a therapist uh, to reinforce this. Josh, yo, what the fuck? Yeah, no, he's he's one hundred percent right. Yeah, but like it, it's you it have to challenge your ideals at, at at every turn. Like even Rowan, like to a certain point, challenged me on my religious perspective. I don't see that as like a bad thing. I just see that as a challenge to make me think harder about what I personally believe. So I guess he, other people just take it as an attack. Here's the general here's the general attitude from a lot of these gays that I'm finding. Uh, woke, obviously a lot, most of them are like this, all of them probably, but some of these gender critical ones too. And I tweeted this yesterday or earlier, yeah, yesterday. Quote. If you ask questions or talk about X, then that must mean you hate yourself and have internal problems you're working through. We're better than you because we don't ask questions or talk about X. That's the general attitude that I find, not just with the sexual abuse stuff or the origins of homosexuality, but the marriage question, all of that stuff. By asking those questions or talking about these subjects, the dismissal is always, you must hate yourself and are still working through all of these things about yourself. You, you know, to the discussion. Yeah, you know, this is, this is projection. 
this is this is projection and and reversal because and again i have emotionally experienced this right i'm not this is something i've i've personally felt and believed i was very deceived um for a long time the they can't Oh, I'm losing my train of thought. I probably smoked too much weed. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for example, um, you know, we, gays of my generation, uh, Gen X, um, but I, I think even more pronounced when you go down through the age cohorts, younger and younger, derive um, so much self-esteem what 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 we believe is self-esteem but is not it is it is actually a psychological defensive structure sometimes it's a narcissistic mask a persona and we mistake our mask for who we are as a person and we put so much emotional emphasis on our identity as gays as lesbians as as this i did this my whole life right because we are whistling past the graveyard. We are lying to ourselves because deep down, deep down, and I'm not criticizing people, I'm not making fun of them because I'm one of these people. Most of us are extraordinarily hurt. There is a lot of actual, real, not ginned up, not woke kind, real trauma, real psychological destruction and violation um, from a lot of abusive families, whether they look like your family or somebody else's family. And you have to, so you have to build yourself this identity. And when somebody comes, it like I remember when I was young, saying things like, "Ugh, heterosexuality is so disgusting. These stupid breeders." And you know, who would want to live this? You know, I, I talk like I was in a John Waters movie. The world of heterosexuality is a sick and boring life, right? I mean, it's. The, but what was I doing? I was whistling past the graveyard because I knew I, I couldn't articulate it. I couldn't even articulate it to myself, but I knew something was very wrong. But the thing that was wrong with me was I come from pretty intense child abuse along with my siblings. And I had not come to terms with that. And I didn't even know how to think about it. So when I, I'm 48 now, and I can't go back and change anything. And I don't know that I would if I could. It just, I don't know if that's even a good way to think. But I can tell you, I'm considering things right now that I could never have considered before because I was too afraid of hearing them from myself. I have some regrets that I'm never going to have my own family and my own children. I have some regrets that I'm not going to have, that, I, that I'm not going to fit into that fundamental human constant that is the case for most, for the overwhelming majority of people. There's always going to be exceptions, right? They don't want to face these things. And I'm not saying everybody has to feel that way, and I know everybody doesn't, but I will tell you that I, I, I believe that the people who object the most and say that has never crossed their mind and who seem very defensive are probably exactly the people who really need to confront that for themselves. Does that make sense? Yes. 
And I, I completely understand that perspective because, yeah, I've dealt with that too, especially when I hit 29 and started to dawn on me like, wow, I'm probably never going to have my own progeny. I'm never going to have that normal family unit. And having those thoughts doesn't mean that I'm writhing around in bed crying all day, just hating or myself. Yeah. I, just, I don't get on with my life. And here's another point I want to make here too, because I, and it's from it's from the other side of these things like you know brent uh not brent uh basil you know you talk about the sexual identity thing and all of that and i actually agree with you there I, I do think you don't have to limit yourself to putting on this gay trademark label but the other side and why a lot of them feel a certain way like for me it is not just about the act my attraction to men it's not and i know there are a lot of gay men who agree with me here it's like it, it is like i guess i would be a homophile it is the bond between me and another man that is important to me um i don't revolve my identity around that i did when i was younger like josh and like most of us probably did to some extent and i think that is what a lot of them are trying to defend as well i'm not saying they all live up to it you know, <laughs> in my defense, I say all the time, I love men. I am androphilic when I like, I love men. I love real men. I, I'm a misogynist. I think men should rule the world. I think that, you know, failed men should serve real men as they do that. I think women should be not in the public sphere. I don't think that should be involved in politics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All these things because I'm Muslim. Um, <laughs> but I want to pick up on something that you brought up uh, be right before. First of all, I wanted to say, acknowledge what Josh said that is so true and so real and so legitimate and so something that in an honest society, pre the, uh, the conceptualization of gay as a sexual identity would have been something that any person like us who experiences same-sex attraction would have had to contend with at a younger age and made rational decisions for themselves based on that right there are people like us have always existed but for the vast majority of people like us throughout history they never existed in a society which created this parallel alternative lifestyle for them to opt into by adopting a sexual identity so what most of them did was settle down and marry and have kids regardless of what they did on the side and their moral failings and vis-a-vis -vis their oath to their wives and whatever whatever and it's something that a whole generation of people like Josh were really robbed of by this insistence of born this way, immutable sexual identity, like persona, you know? But one thing that Dan brought up that was really important was like, when you talk about this, right? And someone says, oh, you have internalized homophobia and you just hate yourself and da 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 da, -da. What you should do is go back, reread what you said, right? And really take yourself out of it and be like, does what I, is what I'm saying make logical sense? Is like the syntax correct? Is it clear and legible, right? And if it is, and someone is saying, you just hate yourself, this is projection because you're self-hating, whatever, you have to realize that what that person is using is a thought and discourse terminating cliche. This is a cliche that they're throwing out so that you stop the conversation. So now you're defending yourself and the fact that you're not a self-hating whatever, 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 as opposed to, wait, why are you not addressing what I said? You jumped into the replies over what I said. Something in what I said has triggered you, but you're not talking about what I said. You're talking about, oh, I hate myself, et cetera, et cetera, because it's a thought and discourse terminating cliche. All okay. reversal, it's all reversal. Can I, can I jump in on this? Because there's some points I want to, if it's all right with y'all. Okay, Nick, 
props to you, and I'll tell you why. Basil said something. You went to him like a man, and you said, dude, what's going on? The two of you had a conversation <laughs> like a couple of grown-ass men. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And because, Nick, and because Nick came to me in good faith, right, and I knew Nick previously from this, I was yep. able to engage with him in good faith. Whereas someone I saw, AJ, I was like, oh, I'm not engaging with this in good faith because I don't know you. I know you're mm -hmm. going to be retarded. I don't want to do this, right? But Nick asked me, and I was able to explain it the way I was able to explain it at the top of this thing where I was like, this is a completely innocuous tweet. I said nothing here controversial. I made a comparison, yeah. a parallel, and that's exactly how I explained it to Nick, too. And it was like, okay, cool, I get it. Whatever, Whether he agrees or not, he at least understood what I was saying. And it's yeah. like nothing I said was innocuous, but these people have been going crazy for three <laughs> days, and they're lying to themselves. Hey, listen, I'll do it. I'm a hypocrite. I say all the time, <laughs> hypocrisy is the lamest fucking uh, thing. These motherfuckers have been projecting and shitting their pants and screaming and crying for three days. They are in my reply saying, what are you talking about? Get over it. Move on. You really want our attention. Bitch, you fucking posted a screenshot of me blocking you, being like, he won't engage with me. Why won't he engage with me? You want my attention so bad. And I'm here saying, listen, faggot, I'll give it to you right now. You want my attention? You yeah. fucking got it. But where are you? You're like a little fucking faggot hiding in the closet. You're like a little fucking no, no. Yeah, now now here now here's now here's the point where I'm gonna go off. Okay, so apologies in advance. I don't care if you're gay, I don't care if you're straight, I don't care what the hell. I am sick, pardon my language, sick and damn tired of people with this whole bullshit attitude of, well, we're not gonna give you a platform for your hateful ideas. Motherfucker! How the hell can you have a conversation and figure out what the hell somebody's thinking unless you give someone the space to have the talk? I they mean, don't goes, want that conversation. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. The, and this is the part that I'm like, I'm done. I'm, Basil, you're absolutely right. Say, like, hey, you want to come have a conversation? Come have a conversation. Let's go. But they will not do it. You're at, Josh, you're absolutely right. And this is the perfect example. I can't believe you're doing this. You're blocking me. Nah, 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 nah. Okay, lay aside the fact he's blocking him for a second. You're being offered the chance to come have this out man to man or whatever. You're being <laughs> well, well, I, I'm, okay. I'm sorry. These no, that's are, funny. These people are a bunch of spineless, ballless, intellectual cowards. There's yep. no other term you can come up with for what is going on. I don't care if it's this issue. I don't care if it's. You know, I referenced earlier the, the the supposed debate that would love to happen between Hotez and RFK Jr. It doesn't matter what the issue is. The left will not debate. They will not engage in a conversation. Yeah, they a priori decide what the Overton window, the window of acceptable discourse is. And if you fall outside of that, you are persona non grata. You are subhuman. You are beneath you know, the conversation, this is like the language yeah, that people well, have been using. Why don't we the conversation is beneath that. You want to hear how dumb these people talk? are? I will block them, right, and not engage with them because I'm like, you're a retard. You have nothing to offer me and you have no, like, standing to even talk to me. You can't hold a candle to me in your fucking wildest dreams, okay? And I, they'll call me a lib for that, even though it's very illiberal, not engaging in the discourse of ideas and all this bullshit mythos, right? But... I am here now saying, engage with me in the fucking realm of ideas, in the fucking marketplace of ideas, defend your ideas like a good fucking liberal like you are. Where are you?
You're a ghost. Yeah. Okay. Well, You're like, over here. We're like, go fill your fucking prep prescription, faggot. Like, go get. <laughs> get I want to see you in New York City, bitch. I want to see you. They have to. They not only that, but they're gonna get in line for their mpox vaccine. I'm double jabbed, double boosted, mpox three times. I'm also taking part in an HIV trial study. You know, Basil. Do you know what I heard the other night? I on a. I, I think it was on Matt Walsh's show. I uh, played a clip of of this faggot doctor, like activist <laughs> faggot doctor. I I was just listening. I'd put the guy at maybe I don't know somewhere between thirty five and forty. And and he's up there and he's like, yeah, and yeah, and yeah, and yeah. And and like, we really need to decrease the stigma because like, I'm an AIDS doctor and I've been, and yeah, he's talking like a like a gay valley girl. And what we think of as risky behavior for and, some and he said, is yeah, actual it, joy. And it's like, bitch. I, did you, you heard it too, right? Take that shit in the dark room, faggot. He actually uh, bring said. Bring back shame and bring back having dignity. Having he actually dignity, said that in all of his, I'm paraphrasing him, but I'm doing it accurately. He actually said in all of the cases of AIDS he's treated, he hasn't seen a single case of HIV AIDS transmission that was not caused by stigma. Caused by stigma. That's what he said. Is he blames everybody. Is that, what, is that like a new guy bending lingo? over it, taking it raw up his ass? Yeah. Everyone else gave him AIDS. Be like, yeah, give me that it. stigma. Give it to me right now. <laughs> Like, is that ew, the new I term hate, for uh, dick these days? I mean, literally, some of these bug chasing faggots. Honestly, I, it's been. I, I also will have to drop out soon, but I just want to like let the record fucking show. Basil, like a fucking whole ass man, stood here and waited for an hour and a half for this faggot to jump in. Had nothing to say. Is tweeting on the fucking timeline. Where are you, faggot? Where are you, faggot? I'm waiting for you, faggot. AJ, AJ, where are you? The oh, one thing that wanted to, I wanted to see him actually come and present his case and for you guys to hash it out because I felt that would be that's the best way to. And then that fucking Norwegian stuff. who sounds like he has fucking Down syndrome being like, we're under attack by the religious right. <laughs> it's like fuck you, bitch. Yeah, you are. That's the thing. It's like they're under attack. When they I say you so don't have. When they I say you don't so have a sexual dizzy. identity, they are like, we're under attack. They're, your sexual identity is under attack, but you consider that who you are. Yeah. Dan, Dan I'm curious. I'm curious um, from your perspective. I, you're, I, you're a straight guy, right? You mean from Porch Conservative? His name's Brian. I'm sorry, Brian. I mixed yeah, you up with someone straight. else. I'm sorry, yeah. Brian is straight, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, tell me, tell me what this looks like to normies like you, right? Like not in in the queer bullshit. When what is the perception? Is this surprising to you? For example, like did you know that this dissension is going on? Um, what does the average person looking from the outside? I mean, I, with all this trans shit, what do they think about the gays? Do they think we're all on board with this? I will say this from my own perspective. Yeah. Until recently. Um, I had sort of assumed, well, I shouldn't, now let me back that up. I knew that there was a dissenting opinion in the gay and the gay and lesbian community over certain issues that are hot button topics today. I didn't realize how deep that dissension went. I didn't realize the contrarian opinions. And I got to give Dan and Brantley a lot of credit. They've, 
very graciously, you know, brought me into these discussions. And, you know, it's I sit here somewhat quietly sometimes, but it's it's not for the lack of not being engaged. I'm just being very observational. But no, to, I mean, from the outside looking in, it's you can see there's a divide. But now, I mean, it's reaching the point, I think normies who are, who will actually look at this issue and be honest about it are saying, no, 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 the gay community is not happy with the direction of how things are going because most, and you tell me if I'm wrong, okay, here's from a normie's perspective looking in, yeah. um, there is a overwhelmingly large contingent of the gay and lesbian community that just simply wants to live their lives quietly, enjoy their lives as much as they possibly can. They don't want to get dragged into this culture war and the trans community and very, very, very activist members of the gay and lesbian community are dragging them, kicking and screaming into this. And they're like, guys, you've got to stop this because you're building a backlash that when it finally blows up, all hell's going to break loose. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I, 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 I really, uh, that's, we need to hear this perspective. We need okay. to know what, what, what people out in the real world outside of our psychodramas actually think about all of this. I'm not sure I'm convinced. I'm not sure at all that it's an overwhelming majority who just want to live their lives and don't support this. That may be true. Or at a bare minimum, a healthy majority. Let's put it that way. No, I feel like I, I'm I not sure like about that. Right that I, I don't know that I'm right or wrong. What is everybody else? Definitely a lot. I don't know. If I it's think he's right that that's the perception, but I, I think Josh is right that it's actually not the truth. Because if you really said, if it was, if you had someone on this a debate stage saying, "Yeah, no, it, this saying what I say." saying that there's a direct ideological connection between gender ideology and the sexual orient protection for sexual orientation, all of those people who just want to be quote-unquote left alone, trademark, would be activated to be, you know, foot soldiers out on the streets. I just want yeah, to say why are they saying because anything? I'm going to leave soon. I'm just about to tweet this. I'm going to quote tweet AJ right now and say, let it be known that this pussy would never do shit. I can say everything I said on the timeline to his face while I slapped his mother across her face and he would never even clench his fist. I don't know. Pussy. You might... You oh. might not want to say that. That might be a little much. Yeah, they <laughs> oh. provoking. Well, anyway, bitch, I'll slap you and your mama, bitch. I'll slap you and that, your mama. Dude. I'll slap your mama on her fucking ass, bitch. Wait, why? I, I think I used to know that guy when I was on Twitter. I'm trying to remember. Gay man. Okay. Yeah. So All right. It's well, I wanted to bring up because people are asking for them, but they're asking for the statistics about sexual abuse. Like, where are these I statistics? Don't care. I'm not here to give you fucking that. statistics, bitch. Go look them up. They're there. Go you look just don't want to look. They're there. All right, all right. Let me ask a question. Are these people, are they, um, because it's, I, if they're doing this, it's very important not to indulge this. Don't get pulled into this trap. If they are saying, show me that many gay men were sexually, what they're trying to do often is they're trying to reduce your argument. They're trying to make you get in the bramble with that so that exactly. they don't have to acknowledge that you're talking about non-sexual abuse, that you're talking about parental abuse, not necessarily the priest fondled me abuse. They want to caricature our claim as they just think everyone who's gay was abused by a man. Don't right. let them caricature that. Don't defend on those grounds. Because the thing is too, if I, also, if I tweeted, just tweeted, uh, major uh, black yep. people, although create, uh, uh, constituting 13% of the population, could make most of the murders. They wouldn't ask me for a source. They would sit their ass quietly and be like, <laughs> we're so based. Yeah. Eee. But 
it's because this one touches on their little sexual identity, their little precious connection to the liberal movement. Then it's like, where's your source? Where's your source? My source is up your mama's ass, bitch. That's where the yep. fuck it is. How about you go the, fish the it out? The thing is, they're not going to- I gotta to... go. I'm too drunk and I'm getting like, I'm getting a little- <laughs> <laughs> I have to go. Nice Thank talking you so to much you. for giving me the platform to like air this all out, but um, I gotta, I gotta go. Thank Basil. you so much. Pleasure's always, brother. Bye, Basil. Yeah, yeah, bye. See you soon. Thing is, they're not going to accept the evidence. What what they're going to do? Um, I'm aware of that article you've got on the screen there. I've got a cache of articles as well, going back forty, some of them fifty years old, um, and they that all indicate this. And really, this question, the ability to talk about this. I mean, I see that that's a 2012 paper, but you can really see an almost clip drop off in the psych literature in about 1991. Um, all of a sudden, it became absolutely impossible to talk about this, and they would not acknowledge the entire body of literature connecting homosexuality to child abuse and to, to poor mental health outcomes. But the fact, and this is a fact, anyone can, can confirm that this is a fact. They don't have to believe us. They can go out and read the literature themselves. The rate of diagnosed, this is only diagnosed, right? Not, not the people who never end up formally diagnosed, and I think that's probably more of them. The rate of diagnosed, not only classic mental illness, but personality disorders, cluster B yep. personality disorders among gays and lesbians is easily twice the heterosexual population. And I think that's a vast undercount. But the literature itself shows consistently that it is at least twice the heterosexual population. We are a group of people, by and large, with exceptions. I used to be among these people. I'm trying not to be anymore. We are a group of walking wounded. You know, we are we are a bundles of unresolved trauma, insecurity, and maladaptive psychological defensive structures that keep us from 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 the truth because to protect our egos. And most of us came by this honestly because we were mistreated as children. It's just there, real. There was an article recently, uh, I can't find it right now, but it was talking about how like the mothers of gay men had borderline personality disorder. Oh God, yes. Very Absolutely. high frequency. Really <laughs> um, high frequency. Like to to get so uppity and so defensive when people bring the conversation up like when basically what i told you know this cohort of men like if this conversation is so offensive to your taste then just block us yeah. ignore it and stop but they they can't do that you know they they start and they keep up the conversation because it's all they've really got going on right now and they just want to drive the drama yeah. train also, and they've got a hive mind they've got a hive mind mentality someone is stepped out there's this there's out of line with the hive oh there's this like and it, it kind of parallels with the same situation that's going on with the whole joe rogan thing and like the not debating the certain like uh scientific okay, like RFK, it, it's, yeah. we're we're literally yeah. going through that right now mm -hmm. and then we kind of As have a mini version of this like going on right here and it's the same i don't i don't understand the cognitive dissonance like disruption because it's kind of the same situation like you're having a bunch of gays saying you can't ask this question it's too yeah. uh provocative it's too like makes us seem like we're bad people. And then the same is happening with the left at the same time with them saying, you shouldn't indulge these conspiracy theorists. You shouldn't like, uh -huh. I, I, and, and the same girls are doing it. They're retweeting the same 
arguments and it's, on it's not it's side. not just that it's not just that you can't ask these questions you can't even associate with someone else who's asking these questions or talking about these subjects yeah which is oh, beyond wow. ridiculous to me like oh, I, wow. no, I, and you I can't use hurt. forbidden words you can't say faggot you can't talk about you know you can't jokingly or yeah. critically call another gay man or gay man faggots on twitter because that's a hate speech yeah. and also yeah. like they're trying to basically police how other gay men should think and feel about themselves and refer to themselves and this is an important point to me because it's like look am i going to go around calling myself a sodomite no am i offended <laughs> Basil does and refers to himself as that and other gay men as that. No, like that. I, I sleep fine at night. Trust me. I'm not laying there thinking about like, oh, my God, some other person in the world, gay or not, thinks I'm a sodomite. You understand? Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I'm not going to sit here and police Basil because we have that perhaps that one little disagreement that they think it just erases their whole existence, just like the trans, you know, when you question pronouns and all that stuff, like you can't say that because by saying that you're, you're erasing me. It's not you. It's an identity you've put on. Well, and, yeah. and, and, and to go back to something from way early in the conversation, you know, I, I was doing some research for a video, which I didn't wind up shooting. But, uh, well, yeah, I did. Now, now I stop and think about it. I did do it about two months ago. And it was on the whole, you know, Riley Gaines, you know, against uh, the whole trans and, at, and female yeah, athletes thing. And I kept asking the question, where the hell are the feminists? Where the hell are the feminists in all this? I mean, 40 or 50 years of fighting for the sisterhood. How come we're not hearing from them? And then I start digging into the research and finding out, no, it's not that the feminists aren't saying something. You just aren't hearing it because they're not being given the opportunity to be heard. No one will let them. Yeah, no one will let them come forward and say, this is bullshit. This is most certainly not what we fought because for for 50 or 60 years. A lot of them opened the door for it with this coddling type of culture, this be yep. nice attitude of, well, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Everyone needs to feel inclusivity. And and I'm, I'm sorry, like, but th um, this is like a very feminine approach to things. I'm not saying there are men who are more feminine or women who are like, right. no, supply your own, not all, like Josh says. And there is but value is, to that. And there is value to that. You need a nurturing type. You need someone who can listen. And but you can overdo it. it. But you can overdo it. Uh, and you can yeah, think. And prevent, you prevent growth and you allow just lies, straight up lies to be accepted or even if not accepted, excused. Mm -hmm. And you act like those they're not lies. You mm -hmm. pretend they're true, even though deep down you know they're not, just for the sake of someone's feelings. We just gotta make sure everyone feels good and okay and safe. Happiness is overrated. I'm sorry, but like growing Again, pain, it's anti-therapeutic. It's yeah. anti-therapeutic. This is, it's not just yeah. useless. It is worse than useless. Pain it is psychologically gross. damaging, especially yeah. to children. They are, they are not being given the scaffolding to develop proper, healthy ego structure. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, it, regular, normal interdependence with humans, not dependence on mommy and daddy and government and teacher and paraeducator and doctor, Mr. So-and-so immunologist. I mean, we are the children. Look, oh, I'm sorry, but it just, when you've got a whole generation where the majority of them don't want their driver's license, that's not just a generational. Yes. 
You don't know that? Look no. at the stats for Gen Z and early millennials. The majority do not want a driver's license. On what grounds? They can't conceive of the freedom of driving because mom has driven them everywhere. And besides, there's a Uber. They have experienced their entire lives mediated through apps. They don't want freedom. Please bring me in these kids' directions. I need to start slapping some people. Yeah, what? Some people need some slap, some sense slapped into them, like right now. No, I mean, I, don't even, I, I think you could probably slap their heads on so they're, they're you know, their mouths warm backwards Daffy Duck style and they still wouldn't understand it. Well, and this is why they, you know, get very uppity on Twitter and very uppity in the DMs but can't have an adult conversation because the, mm-hmm. the conversation itself is frightening. They don't, they have this problem, this conflict avoidance issue, which, you know, uh, is very detrimental to your psyche. If you're constantly avoiding conflict and like, you know, you have a strong anxiety reaction to like any little tiny thing where like yep. there's a disagreement or something like that's not going to be conducive to your long-term mental health. Like, because the world is full of conflict. Like mm-hmm. you will go out into the world and you will find conflict everywhere <laughs> and you have to be able to psychologically to withstand it and to, to push through it and to survive and thrive. It's, it's also part of growth. You don't grow in comfortable situations. Right. That's you have to be uncomfortable. You have happens. to be pushing your boundaries, asking questions about what you know, how you know it. Why do you think that like to lock yourself into this perspective um, that, you know, this is the way it is. And, and, you know, like the authorities have said, so like, it, it's just so tribal and, and basic and immature. That, Childish and babyish. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not conducive to a conversation, uh, an evolutionary culture. It's, it's, it's just, childish and like you said and and all these people they they just go they go to the mass reporting because they don't like it like sweetie like block me ignore me like just go about yeah. your day and that, that's really you know in my day snitches got stitches snitches. Yeah. right like, we're, like we Damn used to growing up tattling on somebody was seen I mean, as it, it was negative. Pathetic. people we made fu- kids made so much fun. you were humiliated yeah if the other kids came along and said um you know, you're a tattletale. You you told Miss Driggers on us. You know, I mean, you know. But now it's 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 everything is turned on its head. It's all reversed. Yeah, like save your reports for things that matter. Threats of violence. You know, child abuse material. Like there are yeah. real reasons to report some of the weebs you see on Twitter. Exactly. Well, like some of this. Some of this. Like cartoons that are very. There's there's a lot of shit that's very disturbing on the, the Twitters that me, I would rather not see. For me, all of this though is rather simple. You know, everything that Basil's gone through controversy wise, everything you have, Brent, for tweeting shit you've tweeted from, you know, these gender critical gays getting pissed. Storm Robinson, you know, he also had his account locked out, all this stuff. Yeah. What it comes down to me Storm? Storm, yeah. Yeah, he he had he just got his account back. Yeah, he had he to appeal like, like fifteen times. Um, you know, because he gets mass reported all the time. Yeah. Why a- doesn't I, I? Why is this still going on at Twitter? Elon seems, in his yeah. words, to have made his uh, to have planted his flag. Yeah, uh, closer to our side. Yet this continues. That's a whole I, other conversation. I really want to make just to be clear about it is when it comes down to 
to me when I respond to these situations and say I defend Brent or defend Basil. I don't have to defend them. They can defend themselves. What it comes down to me is I am going to talk about whatever the fuck I want to talk about with whoever the fuck I feel like talking to. And if you don't like it, move on. That's it. But I'm not going to sit here and have people police what I'm allowed to talk to to be considered a loving gay who loves themselves or this or that or who I'm allowed to talk there to. There is no community. Like, be, you know, there it's, is, like, it's not a community. Because you don't like There's... them. And it's like, so I, I tweeted this earlier today. I said, if we avoid it talking to someone on dangerous rhetoric who interests us simply because someone else might get upset about it, including someone who's already been on the show or who we want on the show, then the podcast wouldn't even exist. We also wouldn't be living up to the name. This is dangerous rhetoric. This isn't this isn't fucking baby's playpen. Okay? Like we're gonna talk about the issues that make you uncomfortable. That's the point. And if those issues happen to do with my homosexuality and yours and other I don't give a shit. If anything, I'm more I'm more entitled, I hate to use that word, but more entitled to speak on these issues because of that. And I'm not going to have other homosexual men tell me how I feel about myself for being interested in inquiring into certain subjects that interest me, that directly relate to me. Yeah, if the conversation is so far beneath you, you then don't pay attention to it. Ignore it. Like, I don't understand why they they get so irate. How dare we, you know, talk about these things? Like, like, uh, my 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 question to them is: Are like, are, who are you going to call, like, to send me to the gulag? Like, yeah. I, I, it just sounds like gulagish behavior. Like, and oh, any you hate watching can't say that. It's just like, why? Yeah. Who are you? Who are you going to call right now? I want to know. If hate watching, if they're hate watching right now, please speak up. Any one of you, I would love for you to speak up, and you're welcome to come on here right now and debate in the arena of ideas, face to face with people. Because Twitter, it's easy to do this shit on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, and, so yeah. and here's another thing, too. Bye, Josh. Bye, Josh. It's all good. I'm going to make this last point. So many of these people, and I'm not saying you're not allowed to be anonymous. Go for it. Just don't pretend that we're taking the same same risk here. So many of these people tweet behind anonymous accounts. They don't show their face. They don't show their name. And they're over here calling us cowards and all these other things. Do you realize how many of you fuckers we deal with who disagree with us on a daily basis, who tweet shit back at us because we do the things that we do? And we show our face. We put our name to it. I'm yeah. sorry, but I'm, I'm going to take your view on things. I'll listen, but I'm going to take it with a very heavy grain of salt. If it comes from behind an anonymous account, I don't care how many followers you have, when you can't even put your skin in the game. Yeah. And then they shit on the podcast. They say you're just trying to, you know, gain viewers and all this shit. I put my blood, sweat and tears into this. Brent and I have made serious sacrifices to do this. There are much easier ways to go out there and get famous and get attention than talking about the things we choose to talk about on this show. Okay, that's one, two, two. We've we've had people directly threaten us, put our picture out there and circulate it. New York City Antifa, like, hey, they live in this neighborhood. Ha <laughs> ha, wink, Jesus. wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nudge. Okay, don't tell me we are on the same level in this discourse, this arena of ideas, if you can't even show your face and put your name behind what you're doing. 
when mm -hmm. other people are taking very real risks doing that and engaging in the arena. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I want to get to one. Sorry. One, yeah, I want to get to one last Not point. Sorry, I, I, wish, I wish Josh were still here for it. Yeah, he's, you know, we, we talk about you know not being not, not being therapeutic. Well, I have a question for. It doesn't matter if it's gays or straights or whoever. Which is more therapeutic, to tell the truth about what reality is, or mm -hmm. to let you stay in your cocooned bubble of comfort, you know, believing what you believe, and then when you finally get slapped in the face with it. You know, it's like, why didn't someone tell me this sooner? We tried to tell yeah. you sooner. We tried to have a conversation with you. We tried to engage with you. You wanted nothing to do with it. It's why and, echo chambers are such a dangerous thing. Like, you really have to be weary of that. It's why Brett and I will invite a sodomite Muslim onto the podcast and talk to them about their perspective. It's different than mine. Yes, he's a sodomite, right? And maybe, I guess I am too in his eyes because we have that sexual proclivity towards the other sex in common. We come from different backgrounds. We view things differently. I don't believe, I mean, I just like, I don't believe hate speech is a thing. Like yeah, these, these kids like, like to cry about word use, like sodomite or faggot or like, look, you know, all the words. Like who gives a fuck? Like yeah. if you have a problem with a word, you block that person, you mute that person, you don't interact with that person, and you get yeah. on with your life. Also, you know, Twitter is not a holistic picture of who a person is. It's important. No. It's Twitter. Like right. it's very exaggerated. It could be exaggerated. It's, it's just like or you're you know it encourages just, the worst. It's for short little I've bits of information. So many stupid things on Twitter before. You know, it is not a complete representation of who I am as a person. But you know, you it's we have to understand that and we reckon like we do it too you know we we see people and we make readings on them that i'm sure are not accurate just based on th certain things they've tweeted or said but a lot of these people i guarantee you if they sat down and in person especially and had a conversation with basil and just hung out with him they they would not feel the way they feel on twitter or say the things that they say human and I, interactions and i guarantee you they would listen to him and actually probably think about the things he's saying and at least consider them and maybe see what about it is accurate and then kind of find where, okay, well, I don't totally go that far. I stop here, but I see what you mean without reacting emotionally, without dismissing the points, without just automatically shutting down and being like, all right, I, I can't with this person. Yes, they bring up the blocking. You're entitled to that. How you want to curate, curate your Twitter experience is totally up to you. And you should curate your Twitter and you experience. Should. And you should. If Basil doesn't want to engage in these particular debates on Twitter and he mostly just wants to post, get his point across, move on with his life, if people freak out, they freak out, maybe he'll post back at them and provoke them. And they're feeding directly into it, you know, while complaining about this when it's just yeah. like, dude, just block him back and move and move on. But they're not. The issue truly does bother them that we're talking about it. Yeah. And we're going to do it anyway. Like, See, like the thing that like really surprises me is a bunch of these people who will say like, oh, I accept a lot of diverse like opinions or ideas. And then like when you say these ideas and you bring them up, they get really defensive about them instead so of just counts. openly just like listening. Like. I, I, I have had a blockade. I used to, like, be very super defensive about, like, everything that I, like, believed Same. in and everything like that. But 
to a certain point, I had to listen to the other side, and that's what made yeah. me more of a right-leaning person. And then I started listening to more libertarian, and I started, like, gaining that perspective. And then I just said, okay, I have to question nearly everything that I was, like, ever taught about anything and just kind of, like, re-go and rehash and have these questions, yeah. uh, like, kind of asked of me from different perspectives. I think a lot of people just have their core ego just wrapped up in so many things that yeah. if you start unraveling it, they're going to get upset. And like, I understand that, but you have to go through this process. Like front porch uh, conservative said, you have to go through this process or else it's going to like slap you in the face and your reaction is not going to be well. That's yeah. why like you should encourage like these people. I think you should engage with everyone you meet. And this is going to yeah. be a really, like philosophical thing I'm saying here. I'm not saying I'm going to finish the sentence. Not everyone you meet. You should yeah. engage with everyone you meet, especially on a personal level, but even on Twitter, if it seems worth it, as if they know something you don't. I think Jordan Peterson has sort of brought this point up before, but when you approach people in that way, you... Yes, maybe you know more about something, but everyone knows something about something. Everyone knows a little bit about something. There's something you can glean from someone's experience or perspective, even if there are areas where you vastly differ. And maybe that difference is so vast where you, you should block, you should not engage, you should just know when, okay, this is not even worth it. There's a total wall up here. I'm not even going to waste my energy and go back and forth with you. I'm going to just go on right and find yeah. someone worth talking to but the point is like like i want to hear what a gay muslim thinks who doesn't like view his gayness in an incongruent way with his faith because a lot of these people do and he brings that up too how hypocritical it is and these it's a valid point you know you like a liberal muslim like come on let's be honest yeah that's not how it works you know and he's not lying when he says that he's honest he's honest and whether i'm muslim or not he's correct about these points yeah so i want to hear that and just like i want to hear what you know like a, a farmer gay over here has to say from over in all the way where are you in kentucky 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 you know um, like, no it's like and i i think it, one of the things that i got from our previous like conversation on like homosexual marriages and everything is we kind of waded into this and i was just like wait a minute i i'm kind of an exception here and i was just like yeah i have the same background as that guy who got really upset I, i'm why am i not getting upset is it is it because like i i just don't see it as an attack or uh so is i it difference oh, in temp the difference in temperament is part of this and i, I brought this up online too because the other day i tweeted of being offended is a choice and some people were responding and saying oh well no the the reaction is sometimes it's not a choice but how you react meaning the feeling is not a choice of feeling offended but how you react and my response yeah. to that was kind of like well i think i think being offended is more in the reaction not so yeah feeling like yes you can feel revulsion and offense to something but i think it is acting upon it that is, is being in the state of being offended That's, yeah that, that would be the argument that i that i make here basically. i also i also like made the observation that maybe these people like have recently left the left and they're still kind of like deconstructing part of it, certain... part of it. but also temperament and I brought, yeah. this up, uh, I brought up jordan peterson earlier um, he always talks about the big five personality matrix, and I find that whole theory fascinating and all the research into that, which I need to look in more. But I'm going to have to look into that. 
I've taken the test before. It is very accurate where it places you on that matrix based on a series of a hundred scenarios <laughs> that you either, you know, agree or disagree with vastly and it measures you and then places you on this matrix. And you can guess like how people will vote based on things like that. Oh, okay. And that's something really interesting that Peterson has revealed. You know, people who are more liberal do tend to be more creative types, higher in openness, mm -hmm. trait openness. Whereas, whereas, you know, conservatives are kind of organized. They like borders. They like structures. They tend to be more like, conscientious, higher in, in traits like that. And you can guess people's vote, how they'll vote based on the results of the tests like that. I think it's the same thing with issues like this when you're discussing them. Some people are higher in neuroticism. I am. Yeah. I'm higher than the average person in that. So we react emotional. We are more emotional naturally. And I think some of these people are higher in that trait personality wise. And it's why they're more likely to react to the feeling when the feeling comes. Yeah. Right? And that's where I say the state of offense lies is when you're actually acting upon that feeling. You can feel the feeling. You don't have to act upon it, you know? Yeah, I'm not always so good at that, just saying. Like, he apparently like, put another, like, two-minute video. They're gonna the just, they're gonna just go. I don't even care, I don't even yeah, care. It's I'm like, not, I'm not gonna I, watch I, it. I'm not gonna respond to I it. I wanted to open this. He can, he can come and have sure. an adult conversation. I wanted to open the space up for that, just as you did, and I think that would have been I sent him a streamer. Like, yeah. Wait, and this it, AJ and person posted the two yeah. minutes? Yeah, AJ posted another two minutes. Look, if he's watching, talking about thing. I don't, I don't have any hard feelings. Yeah. I don't care. There's always the next stream. If you want to come talk, talk it out with Basil, and you guys can be cunty to each other face to face and see if you become friends afterwards. Or not, you know, you're not forced to. But the point is, if he is more willing to engage in the, in the realm of ideas in this format, but not on Twitter, and if you're really so pressed about the conflict and his ideas and how he words things, you have that option to come here and engage in this format. Plus, it's going to be better content. It's going to be good content. You know well, that. Like, they're going to say, like, oh, you guys well, just then, want content. Of course we fucking do. We're yeah. Content. It's like, it's I bet. Like, yeah, have Hazel read. You want to make yeah, like, I don't care. Like, I don't really care if they, they want to poke fun at the podcast yeah, because whatever. the podcast is the thing that lets us have these conversations. Like, I enjoy doing it. I don't care that we don't have, you know, triple or quadruple digit viewers because we're yeah. not going to appeal to that many people. For me, the goal is not numbers of watchers. Like, that's not the point. The point is to have genuine conversations that are interesting, controversial, and probably only interesting to, you know, a very, like small percentage yes. of the population but something like that can grow and that is the joe rogan model and i would say we've definitely i would say my influence yeah also you like this is how it happens like yeah. you have well, to do my, it for my, a long time and yeah. be consistent rogan is was definitely an influence in at least how i approached the structure of what we wanted to do with the show but we do it a little different like he sits down he brings him in per obviously he has a studio so he brings him in person he has money yeah he has money we don't but no, you know, we, we do two things. You know, we have the formal episodes. And again, they, they've been at it for, you know, decades. Like Timmy Poole, yeah. like, got involved in YouTube, like, back in the early 2000s. Like, sure. yeah. Rogan started his podcast in the 90s. Yeah. Like, so aside from the in person thing, what I meant by the structure of it is uh, more Rogan than Tim Poole is because 
what Rogan does is he doesn't just talk about politics and culture war shit. He'll bring on martial artists. He'll bring on artists. Yeah. He'll bring on musicians. Br and I always wanted dangerous diverse rhetoric. subject matter. I wanted dangerous rhetoric to be that because I don't definitely want to just talk about these culture war issues. Yes, we want to talk about psychology. We want to talk about the origins of things, right? Like, like yes, we're going to ask about where does homosexuality come from? Why does it exist? What role do we play in the universe? Like, why are we here? All of that. Does it come from are we made are we born like we're going to ask these questions we're going to think about these things out of pure curiosity and interest whatever hatred and stuff i may experience toward myself or have experienced toward my life really truly doesn't oh, I said. have anything to do with that. Um, my curiosity is my curiosity um maybe it might spark some of it obviously we're personally involved in the topic because we're gay or homosexuals or sodomites whatever you want yeah but at the end of the day it really is just curiosity that drives the conversation like any of my internal issues which come and go and and have changed through my life and i've gotten better with all that shit, is irrelevant to the things that i want to talk about because it could not just be this too it's going to be music it's going to be all these other things and we're going to just talk about whatever we want with whoever we want so any Absolutely. hate watching deal with it, <laughs> deal with it. well and, and to go back to something that, that brent brought up a while back we you know i get mad about the fact that people will not engage in a conversation well i think he brings up a valid point we have taught we or i should say it's better to say we have not taught people how to engage in a conversation with someone that you don't agree with and, and then you got a whole generation or two of people that you know they get their ideas challenged oh no 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 don't do that to me I simply want to find out why you think what you think yeah. and maybe point out maybe that this is not the best position for you to hold. And here's why, but no, it's, it, it's, it's, I will not have my ideas challenged and you will not do that to me. And I am not. And then you got a whole pe group of people that don't even know how to do it. Yeah. All they do is react. So All I they do is ban or cancel or whatever. I want to get a little metaphysical with this shit, but um, so we talk about identity politics, right? Or sexual identity or trans identity. I think that word says a lot. The fact that this is the word that is fixated upon when talking about these things. And uh, one of the uh, thinkers and mystics and philosophers that Brent and I have always found interesting and fascinating is Gurdjieff. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Gurdjieff at all. He's very interesting. You should look him up. But, bringing up Gurdjieff. Yeah, I'm bringing up, I'm bringing up uh, Gurdjieff. So he basically taught we like we live in a state of hypnotic sleep and that we're pulled this way and that way by outside forces that we don't understand. And because we don't understand them, we're like machines reacting to things. And one of the, you know, he also taught you could break out of that, but it's a long process to, that's a whole other thing, waking up. Anyway, he taught this concept of uh, identification. He said, one of the things keeping us asleep was identification that we take on an idea or a perspective and it can't be challenged because we literally attach it to our very identity of how we see ourselves. And then when it's questioned, it creates a state of uh, conflict inside of us that's painful and we want to avoid pain. So we go toward pleasure. We can't question it, but it's that identification. I think that is what we are seeing with all of this discourse and why people can't have discourse sometimes because they identify so strongly with an idea that to talk about it is to tear down their very being. And one more example of this, you find this sort of thing among academics as well. 
when they've come up with a theory or studied a particular subject for a long time. I'm going to use Egyptology as an example here. But when people like, say, Robert Schock come along, who's a geologist, and says, well, actually, the Sphinx is probably this old and the pyramid is probably this old, you'll have certain archaeologists like Zahi Hawass, for example, whose their whole identity was built around the theories they built their career around. And then when your new piece of information then changes how that theory is or creates or challenges, whole, it. challenges it, you know, there's a whole new theory now of like, oh shit, Egypt's actually probably older or this structure's older. It changes how you look at all this stuff. It's a challenge to their like very being because their their whole like identity is wrapped up into that theory that they built their career around and now you've just ripped that from them and they don't know what to do about it. So same concept similar you know? phenomenon. it's a similar phenomenon to religious beliefs to how you view your gayness etc you know i'm sure basil has his own things like with his muslim faith that he probably just will never challenge even if maybe he's considered it he's settled on how he views things in that light well by the way there's there's one idea that basil has that should never be challenged and he may be a gay muslim and i may be a straight christian but we absolutely <laughs> agree on this get women out of politics i want the 19th yeah, amendment repealed <laughs> Get them all out. Absolutely. Let men run the world. The hell with it. I mean, women screwed it all so up. women, women proper, properly entered politics, I would say, in the last, you know, 30 to 50 years. Um, and before that, it was mostly male dominated. Well, when you say properly, too, you mean like in the legislative process and all that? No, like in high yeah. positions of, of power sure. and authority. Like we've had the first female vice president yeah. recently, who I think we can all agree is a disaster. Idaho? Well, I, I wanted to make a point that women were in politics. They just didn't. They didn't participate in the direct men do. And I think this came up in our last live stream with Juana on, and uh, Brian was talking about this too, but like Abigail, you know, Abigail Adams and the role she played in the career of John Adams, who he was the direct active partner, right? Participating in the politics, doing this and that, but she was foundational to everything that he did. They corresponded basically every day or as much as possible um and they spent large periods of time apart like brian mentioned but the bedrock of what he was doing was her in many ways she helped she looked at all his speeches you know she criticized him she because they had a heterosexual him, like, symbiotic well, men can do this too i'm not saying two evolutionary men, I'm relationship saying, i'm not saying two men can't do this or two women can't do this that's all that's a whole other thing we talk about but what i'm saying is like women did play a role in politics and a very important one you could argue even when they weren't directly participating in that political process of legislation representing the ideas etc and she's a great example of that. I'm sure we could. Come I think the problem that. is not so much women per se, it is that the cultural environment is now yeah. this like Very celebration common. of masculine women who tend to be the most pathological among them. So you get individuals like Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, who clearly have, you know, personality disorders. Um, and but they're just. Like labeling that girl their nonsense no, I, all over I, I wanna I wanna respond to that real quick though, but can can you argue perhaps that having those qualities is why they're even like gravitating toward those positions? Yes, to poly, poly. That, that you need some of that masculine oomph as a woman to be able to hang with the boys. You get what I mean? Like to be able to 
do the back and forth that is yeah you have politics. to be a bit of a narcissist to go into politics but also I would say. assertive and and very high yeah. in assertiveness lower in neuroticism low in neuroticism yeah. and that's common among psychopaths and sociopaths yeah well my <laughs> question my question would be like yeah. considering that they're seeing all of this like girl boss neuroticism like uh, on tiktok and everything uh all, pretty much been inundated with that do you think it's just like uh making their kind of like psychosis more exaggerated because oh, yeah. they're having to pick up these certain traits from men like about having to be certainly aggressive having to be dominant and then it's actually psychologically and dudes do it too at risk. i mean there's there's plenty of narcissistic dudes in politics too this is not a new thing like yeah. you know we've had cluster b dudes going back you know into the 20th century but like it was much easier to corral the cluster b men because their expressions um, of, of their deviancy and their their pathology was much more obvious and and catchable. Whereas the feminine nature to to sort of play this like demure victim sort of role, we haven't really um, gotten a cultural uh, grapple on it, and it's very effective in cowing people into compliance. Yeah. And that's what we saw with the COVID lockdowns and the pandemic, with them coercing people to get the shots, which killed people, so like true. thousands of people that were killed by the shots, and they blamed it on COVID itself for something we can, else. We can say that here. We can say that here. Yeah. They killed people with yeah. the fucking COVID shots. <laughs> yeah. Like, you called it. And like to like uh, Dan's point, like uh, even earlier, um, when I actually like started to go against everything that I was like taught, because I was thinking to myself, like, does sexuality like does that really matter when I die? Like uh, the concept of soul, the concept of spirit or whatever is like more what I was focused on than my journey here. I kind of like don't see uh, this is my lasting place, but there's another one. But while I'm here, let me make sense of what I can hear. And I don't believe that my soul has like a certain attachments to whatever the world has attachments to. It's just gonna, those things are gonna burn. It's like, or in the Christian perspective, it's gonna burn. It's all gonna go away. It's gonna be made new again. So why, why hold on to something that goes away when you die? No one's gonna remember you on your deathbed for, how amazing you were in bed really like no one says that in funerals like oh they were a good fuck like no one speak for yourself such a I, mean, I mean maybe speak for yourself i don't know, I don't know. i've never i've never been to a kentucky funeral where they said that out loud they were they were saying they it thought in it they thought it though yeah they thought it definitely they said it they said it during the buffets but like it, <laughs> that having during like a like personal attachment to something that is not really conclusive to your soul or kind of spirit is like kind of how I've looked at it. And I'm like, well, I can therefore challenge it on every perspective because it's not interpersonal to me anymore, I guess. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with having these playful discussions about ideas. Like what's wrong is when these random, random people, on the internet like, want to take all this offense and call it hate speech and want to shut the conversation down and mass report like that's just it's it like as we said earlier it's childish it's basic it's uh not conducive to us growing as people and you know you should be willing to experience a little pain to to be brave and have a difficult conversation with somebody 
um, you know, in, in a in a real human milieu. Because you know, Rowan and I earlier we had taken some pretty harsh jabs at each other on Twitter, and and that's the nature of Twitter. But you know, he came in here and we had a more like normal human conversation. Like we weren't like spewing vitriol back and forth. See, can mm -hmm. you just Oh my gosh! Don't, I don't even. Yeah. I don't even want to. I don't even want to get was responding to AJ's video. So if he's watching and then you're watching, the only thing I am going to clarify here is it's not Basil's podcast. It's our podcast. Basil is a guest we invited on to have a discussion with us, just as we invited you on to be guests and have a discussion with us, all in good faith on our part. Whatever Basil says to piss you off or his vitriol, that's on him, and you can contend with him here. Um, calling our podcast a failing podcast, I think, is interesting. If you want to look, if you want to look at just numbers, sure, you can call it a failing podcast. Um, you know, it's hard to get numbers, especially when you talk about one a variety of topics. The algorithm doesn't favor you. Two, when you question narratives, seriously question them, like the COVID stuff and all of that. YouTube, yeah, bumps you down. We've almost mm -hmm. we've almost had our shit deleted. We had to delete a whole bunch of our back catalog to avoid a third strike to get removed from YouTube. Very yeah. hard to do this sort of thing. And it's hard to say it's a failing podcast when you look at our resume and the people who have actually spoken with us, which I think is a pretty good resume. You can go on the website and scroll there and look. I won't name them because you can just scroll there and look for yourself. Do you uh, want me to? I'll do. Really failing, you know, with some of the people we've talked to, but yeah, look, you were invited to be a part of that. We don't care about your follower count. I wouldn't even I, talk all the shit you want on Twitter about us and our podcast. We're still going to talk. That's, to Basil, that's all they can do is like talk shit, and we will from talk, behind a screen, and we will mm -hmm. talk to you too. That's all I wanted to say. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't want to talk, fine, move on. But we're going to keep talking about these things, and we're going to keep talking to Basil, even if you hate Basil and how Basil behaves. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, it's because you're in control of your own podcast. Like, but it's my podcast. I just wanted to correct it. It is not Basil's podcast. I love him. That's my boy. But I fucking worked my ass off for this shit. Brent worked his mm -hmm. ass off for this shit. We take it serious. Like, I haven't followed someone. It's earlier. funny that he actually like I followed someone earlier because they said Basil's they podcast. said fuck you to you, Brent. Which is whatever. You can beef with whoever you want. That's not too big of a deal to me. But then they said that guy's a cock. Monkey. Then they said fuck your podcast and fuck your friends. And I was like. Bro, we follow each other. We've been cordial. That's my podcast, too. So yeah. I'm also Brent's friend. So don't pretend to like me with any of this bullshit. Maybe he'll unfollow me back later. I hope he notices and does because I don't really care. But I was like, yeah, no. That's that. That's that. I don't, I don't want to associate with that he's shit. He's that anymore. British. This is like some British yeah, like, but it's like, like guru gay. No. You think he's so spiritually advanced. I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to let people knock what I do here. Now we got Brent. I, I take this serious. That's all I'm going to say. I take mm -hmm. this serious and I like to do it. I care about well, it. Also, it's a labor of love so, and it's fun. Like, I don't really give don't a shit. Don't follow me and associate with me and then start knocking on my work. Uh, you know, telling Brent, fuck your friends and us because we want to talk about what we want to talk about. And you're pissed that we respond and you're, you're pissed we Who talk cares? to people like Basil. That's what this was about, Brent. We're addressing it. Well, I mean, but it's <laughs> these but, kids. Sure. I, but I wanted to clarify it's my podcast. Okay. It's not fucking Basil. I think you clarified. Like, 
Yeah, he's just he's just trying to trying to drill strikes at anything yeah. he can. Right. Right this now. is he, Basil didn't gather his friends and do this. Let me tell That's you. Let me happened. tell you. Let me tell you. These bitches would love That's it right now happened. if I pulled up her video and played it on stream. If I pulled up his tweet That's and true. we read through it, they would love that. So I'm not even going to well, indulge look, that stupid shit. I'm not even mad. Like I don't know the other guy, CK or whatever, but like AJ and I've been following. Oh, Kitty, following each other for a while. I have nothing against this guy. I'm nothing against it, but look, don't come into my DMs and say, well, why are you even giving a platform to someone like this? Honestly, it's none of your fucking business. And I would give a platform to you too, and I did, and you chose to not come here. So don't go posting, I didn't even watch yet, posting this shit, trying to say this and this and that. Hanging out with his uh, shirt off. His like, shirt off. like, look, right, if you're going to start challenging like I could do that fight, too, sweetie. Like, oh, I can show my tips yeah. too. Well, also, like Basil said, if you really want to fight someone, like, do it then you yeah know? they'd be happy to fight you like go for it it's just stupid it's childish, like, it's childish. Like, come on man like just talk it out like fucking men so and did you guys to... so did you guys hear that they gave hunter biden a sweetheart deal oh yeah yeah. Oh God! Like, we about that for a second. Yeah, of course they did. Why are we even surprised? Well, I don't think we're surprised, but shocking. I think it's just a little. It's it's just kind of it's it's so bold of them to, you know that that he so his charges are basically he made one point five million dollars two years in a row, uh, 2017, 2018 didn't pay a dime in taxes. <laughs> oh, I do have to go, Brent. Oh, bye, Nick. Yeah. It's all good. Awesome. We, should probably, we should wrap it up here anyway. It's already eleven thirty. Oh, just so I want to get to talk about Hunter it's Biden. Been a few, fuck Hunter Biden. He gets enough. That's enough fun. All right, that. fine. But it's, it's bye, been guys. a while. It's been like over two hours. Thanks for hanging Thanks, out, Nick. everyone. Brian, thank you. Don't forget to like, oh, subscribe, you. Yeah. give us money because we're grifters. We're grifters, and, and we'll be back again soon. Thanks to everyone who watched. Thank you to all the guests who came on. And thank you to all the, the haters who keep, keep subtweeting about us. Keep thank you. You're, you're driving more people to view our show. Yes. We appreciate there it. There you go. Bye. Bye.